Greetings friends, welcome to Monte Alexander World and a little levity and upliftment. We have some challenging times. It's hard to think about certain things, but I want to tell you, it's a, with a sense of joy that I share some, call it unbelievable memories. I don't know how I got this far. I can only say it's a miracle because seriously, I never really studied the piano, that's what I do, I play the piano. Uh, I got paid one day, just kind of by mistake. However, there are no mistakes, right? And um, I ended up continuing to do that. Started in 1959, 59, yeah, and here we are in 2020, hard to believe. So I'm from Kingston, Jamaica, and I have some terrific stories to share with people, a lot of them because I've, I met some of the unforgettable people of the world. Yes, all through divine providence, I call it. And uh, in Jamaica, I was attracted to people who made music. I would just go watch these guys play, and it gave me such a lot of joy when I did that. And um, my folks had some recordings in the house, and I saw them dancing to the music of, for example, Nat King Cole. They had a record of Louis Armstrong. And I remember it was here somewhere, Ambassador Satch. And um, I, I wanted to know more, know more about Louis Armstrong. So I was going to school in the country parts. And um, I have my Louis Armstrong record here, this very record. He was sitting in the living room on the floor, just like this. And I said, man, look at this music, this guy, he, he makes you smile. And he talked, he, he, he talked like, hey, give an evening, everybody. Welcome to the world. And that was Louis Armstrong. So while I'm going to school, I'm about 10 years old, I saw that he was coming to Jamaica to perform at a place called the Carib Theater. Carib Theater was like a place for performers, for artists from classical music, to jazz, to rock and roll, rhythm and blues, and it was a beautiful theater. They showed the movies. That's where I saw the early films, right? So I came up with a, with a clever plan, a little devious. At that time, I had braces on my teeth. In Jamaica, we said, why are buck teeth? Buff teeth, right? And of course, the miracle of braces on your teeth to set them so that when you grow older, they look a little less buff or buck. So my father was a great guy. And I said, Daddy, you think we can um, make a plan? He said, what you got in mind? I said, I want, I got to see Louis Armstrong. And he said, I said, look, I'm gonna go to the headmaster of the school and tell him that the wire came out of the, the, the socket in the braces and it would be like this in my jaw. So I went to the headmaster and said, Sir, I'm having a lot of trouble. The braces are in my mouth, they're sticking in my jaw. I have to go to the dentist. He says, he's an Englishman. He says, well, Alexander, I, I, I assume that's a very it's a true story. So perhaps uh, we'll call your father and he can come and pick you up. So I timed it that very afternoon that Louis Armstrong was coming to perform at the Carib Theater in Kingston. And indeed, I went to the teacher and he said, 12, 12 noon, he's picking you up. And my father pick, picked me up at the front gate in a place called Mandeville in Jamaica, in the country parts. 
It's a couple of hours drive to Kingston. And we went right to the dentist's office, Dr. Machado. And we went in there and Dr. Machado figured I was up to something. Yeah. Just give me a letter because all I had to do was take that wire and put it back in my mouth. Like it was like this and I'll tick the wire. The next thing you know, back to normal, right? With the buff teeth, right? And that's how I went to Kingston. He wrote a letter saying that I actually came to the dentist's office, dentist's office and had the, uh, fixed it, the whole thing. And ladies and gentlemen, I went to the Carib Theater, my daddy and I, and I saw Louis Armstrong. And that changed my life. I was about 10, 11 years old. And it, really, I, I said, this is, I want to do this for my life. And I go home and I play the piano and I say, when you're smiling, and songs like that. So, my daddy gave me a trumpet and I went to the school and I said, guys, look, I got this trumpet. Now, when I went to school, we had some of those traditions that the first day at school, you gotta go through some initiation. And they say, all right, boy, what's your name? I said, Alexander. I said, can you dance? I said, not really. I said, can you sing? Not really. So, what can you do? I said, I play the piano a little bit. And in the room where all the school guys were and they had to get up on a table and dance some silly tune or something and i got away from doing that there was a piano and a fellow was playing the piano playing some tunes and i said i can play the piano and i went to the piano and i went there and i, I went i i i so say i so say and ladies and gentlemen that was my first performance in front of a bunch of guys who enjoyed themselves and for the next several months at school I had to give command performances of my version of High Society which is a very early film it was released in 1956 and that was featuring Bing Crosby who I had heard all about every Christmas when he sang I'm dreaming of a white Christmas and ladies and gentlemen that was the beginning of it it featured Bing Crosby Someone I had not known much about named Frank Sinatra, a man that I would come to know in years to go. I got to know him quite well. I had to play for him on a couple of occasions. And I mean, and he sang and I was there to play the piano behind Mr. Sinatra. That's <laughs> tall order. And I pulled it up and he smiled when we played and, and he says, I've got you under my skin and I'm playing the right chords and everything. He was at the home of a man named Bennett Surfs. Yes, true, true story. Everything I tell you is not in a book. It's all true. And I was around Sinatra on several occasions. But, but at the time of this incident, when Louis Armstrong came to Jamaica, then the film came out right after that. It's Bing Crosby, Louis Armstrong, and a man I'd never heard of at the time named Frank Sinatra. So that was a beginning for me with music. Not long after that, this man came to Jamaica. And in future weeks, I'm going to tell you about some of these great, great stories I have about this man, his family, because I ended up playing on the record for Natalie Cole, and uh, it was unforgettable. In fact, that's the name of the song. And uh, I played that song on that album that was a hit, big hit song for, for Natalie Cole. So here we are. I want to tell you about the whole reggae scene. I used to sneak out of school to go to the recording studio from I was the age of about 14 to sit in with the musicians that were playing their version of R&B from America. And that's how the whole scene in Jamaica started. I was one of the, I guess the word is pioneers. I never would have said that, but Mr. Cox and Dodd, who had the recording session, 
they call him Coxon, he said to me, he said, Monty, you know, you, you're the pioneer playing the rhythms on the piano. And then came a wonderful musician named Jackie Too. So, reggae really wasn't born at that time. It was ska. And I said something that I was going to share how horses had a lot to do with uh, reggae music and what came and ska. Well, the musicians in the studio, including me, were crazy about Saturday matinee movies. And they were all about the westerns. The westerns, the cowboy on the horse, the beautiful horses, and the bad guys with the bandanas, and uh, Roy Rogers singing, Gene Autry singing. Once again, a big influence on me music-wise. Music because these countries, these songs were very simple. Three chords, like the Calypso is in Jamaica. And um, I remember being in the um, session and uh, guy would say, hey man, you remember that picture on Saturday with Roy Rogers? You say, you remember when he was behind the rock and the bad guy behind the rock and he took out the gun and we started shooting. And <laughs> the kids at school, we took out our plastic guns and we started shooting at the screen. Okay, a lot of fun. But the main thing is that the horses that we saw and the way they galloped actually entered into the music. So you had this combination of Jamaican Calypso, mentors we call it, you had the old time songs the, and the R&B music, whether it was Curtis Mayfield, whether it was James Brown, but that was the R&B influence. But there was a man named Louis Jordan and he played an up-tempo ska, boogie beat. And I was good at that. I could play, that's, that's what I'd play. And you would get that into the music because ska was and that's the gallop of the horse. So the gallop of the horse inspired the musicians to come up with that rhythm because they loved it. They loved it. When you, when you, play, when you play the horse clapping along, you're reminded of a wonderful memory, right? So that was the scap, the gallop of the horse, no doubt about it. I go to dreamland, I start thinking about mm. Had a lot of fun dreaming about that. Later on, reggae music was inspired by the slow clap. Right now, I can't do it so well. But that's what I'm saying. So the music was all coming from life and fun experiences we had. You know, you mix it up with some blues, you mix it up with some island rhythms, you mix it up with some westerns, and that's how you end up with this wonderful thing. So that is my story about horses and the music that was played in the studios from I was 14. I used to sneak out of school and um, pretty much that was the, that's the story but I remember those men very warmly they were like a bunch of uncles to me say hey kid come on man what happened play the piano I like how you play the piano so I felt very very welcome and that was a big part of this musical development I didn't get my knowledge from a school or academy uh, I didn't really learn to read music I don't read music but my miracle is just people and the, the the, the enjoyment that we had being with each other. When they start telling me stories, make I tell you, man, to sit down like, wow, tell me again, you know? And that was it. So my adventures are thick and many. In fact, I'm going to play a version of a record I myself played back in about 1959, 58, 50, 60, okay. It's a version of when Little Richard had a song called Lucille, right? So this is me playing the piano, the whole thing, and a former band 
and we playing this R&B music like we hoped it went. We think it went. In fact, that's how it went. It's pretty rocking. I'm going to play for you right now. Lucille. Lazy Lou, actually, was the title. Here it is. Oh, There's a disconnection. Okay, we'll get that in a moment. All right. So Lazy Lou was my recording, and that was a well-received because there was a hit parade in Jamaica. This is 1959-60, just before I came to America. And um, that's about some, story, some stories in Kingston, Jamaica, Monte Alexander, before I came to Miami in 1961. Oh, here it is. I think that's me rocking there on that piano. That's one of many tunes that I recorded with those men in the studio, and um, we were really picking on, picking up from the American songs. We, even the slow ballads, you know, when Pat Boone had a song, we would make a version of it. And little by little, you would find the Jamaican attitudes. I mean, the way the people talked, the way the people walked, and then little by little came a music that came from my beloved Jamaica that was sensational around the world, and then came the great prophetic messenger, a man named Bob Marley, who brought issues of much importance into his, his uh, songs. But these were those early times when it was about dancing and grooving, and I was there in the beginning, really. And then, of course, that's around the same time that I'm listening to the jazz artists. My other hero was Nat King Cole, and um, behind me there are things to remind me to tell you about all the stuff I've done, all these records I've made, would you believe it? Look at that. In Jamaica, it's a whole heap of record that. Kuya. Me and that, look at that. It's like all over the place. There's 75 records I made, and I still don't know why. <laughs> I'm still doing this thing. My, mo my main point is to bring a little entertainment, a little joy, while I reach for what we call artistic excellence. So, life goes on. We're in some challenging times, six feet apart at, at the least, because we need to listen to the wise people telling us, keep a distance from each other at this time. We hope this temporary thing will not go on much longer. And if it has to, we have to maintain the social distancing. We have to, we have to remind, I take a Sharpie and I mark it on my fingers. So I say, what's that? And I remember, don't put my hand in my face. And I will also remember you know, we have some great people telling us the good things and um, we should adhere to all of that, you know. So next week, I'm going to go into some awesome stuff about when I was in Miami, Florida and I started to play and sit in and I met all these great people who said, Monty, we want you to come to New York City. And I'm speaking among others, the most important of them all being the king of show business, chairman of the board. I was 19, 18 years old. His name is Frank Sinatra. There's stuff on the wall up there to tell you about me and Mr. Sinatra. Somebody gave me this once. This is Mr. S. And I had to play for him on many occasions. The man that was in high society with Louis Armstrong. Yes. I met this man, Mr. Miles Davis. I spent a lot of time with him. In fact, just me and him. I'm there with Miles. He's talking to me like I'm worthy. Boy, that made me happy. But really, a lot of anecdotes about Miles Davis 
and um, we had a mutual love of this marvelous sport called boxing. And the king of them all is Muhammad Ali. I met this man in Miami. I used to go watch him train at the Fifth Street Gym, and I became a big, big nut for boxing. And the, the connection between boxing and swinging rhythms of jazz. And I'm serious. For me, there was a correlation with the artistic endeavor of the scientific endeavor of boxing and rhythm, or as we say in Jamaica, rhythm. So today I felt like I was talking a lot at a fast pace. Maybe I look like a little bit of a nut, but the truth is that there's so many stories to tell and we're in these challenging times. And I say to you all, go careful, go vigilant and be well in your spirit. And remember that behind all of this, there is a plan unfolding and there is a creator of the universe, I believe, that designs everything and allows everything. And it is up to us to think the most beautiful thoughts during the, all of this mess and challenge. And we, we lament the loss of some awesome souls, people that I've known in, in our music community. And we pray that everybody watching this walk safe, as we say in Jamaica, walk good. And God bless and Jamaica, good place to come from. And here I am running my mouth real big, right? And as I talk to you, if anybody have questions, I will be pleased to try to answer them. I need to do a better job of answering the questions when people might ask me, what about this month? What about that? Why this? And- Somebody just asked. Oh, somebody just asked. Why your dad was in on the trick to go out of school and see. Thank God for my, my, my mother was this more serious person. Said, Monty, you have to go to school. You have to study the book. You have to. And she was right. She was right. And I was not very good at it. And I leaned on the things that made me happy. And most of them, 90% of them were good things, no, nothing bad things that I would get in trouble. In fact, this music, I want to tell you right now, it kept me out of trouble my whole life because I could have gotten into trouble. But the example of my mother, if she said to me, she said, if I ever hear you doing them drugs, them drugs, I'm going to box your head. We said, box you. Because that's what our parents, my good parents said, stay out of trouble, stay away from those bad influences. And I also heard the pastor, the preacher, the priest, the good people say that there is a good way to walk in this life, right? And I've tried to do that to some extent. Nothing perfect, but I've survived through that miracle. And uh, my father was a good time guy. He'd make funny faces and he made me laugh a lot. When my, father, when my mother would say, his name was Uriah. Uriah, beat, give Monty a little licking because he was a bad little boy. I, I said, and he said, all right, okay. Go by the house and take off the belt. Because in them days, a guy, a father would give to two shots or five, I don't know. And he said, Monty, I said, yes, daddy. He said, I'm going to hit the side of the house. And when I hit the side of the house, you cry. And you hit the house, bam, bam. And I go, Daddy, don't hit me anymore. <laughs> and that was my father. He was a beautiful spirit. And he said, yes, let's go see Louis Armstrong. And uh, so much more to tell you about. When I shook that man's hand at the end of the concert, my daddy knew it, promoter. And um, that was one of the first great, great concerts because I saw all the greatest perform live. I saw Nat King Cole on stage. I saw Brooke Benton, I saw Jackie Wilson, I saw Frankie Lyman, I saw Bill Black and his combo, that was the band that played behind Elvis Presley. I just saw musicians coming from left and right, and I said, man, this is a wonderful world. Kid in the candy store, and I never got to the lawyer, the doctor, 
the judge and those things that the proper people had said, you know, because you see, I'm from a family of, of wondrous variety, all blends and shades and uh, Jamaica at its best represents out of many one people, which is e pluribus unum, unum, Latin, the same thing in this America, which is supposed to be out of many come all these great people from all over the world to be together and to work towards loving each other. Because musicians like me, we're in the love business. So, Somebody asked for advice for young musicians. Wow. Well, find out what you love, what you love, what you love, and soak it up and eat it up, and go practice the piano, if it's about the piano, and um, listen to it. Put, it. put the music under your pillow at night, a little bit, and uh, just put your heart and soul into it from your earlier age, and then, you know, just ask, God to give you some notes to play and they, that's what will happen but you got to practice you got to practice the scales you got to hear the harmony and um, I'm not much for the school teachers who might tell you certain things that aren't really true I always tell the people I said what about the school people who know a lot and studied the books I said well listen to learn from half of what they tell you and the other half figure it out yourself because the people I admired most of them never went to school you know school of life and on that note, I want to say thanks for listening to me. This is, this is also called Reminiscing in Rhythm slash Monty's Big Mouth. Hope you enjoyed it. Walk good. Six feet distance. Don't touch your face. And what else? See you next time. Next Saturday at 4 o'clock. I'm going to tell you about the many times I had to play for Mr. Francis Albert Sinatra. And he said to me, hey kid, you're doing great. And I'll tell you about when Miles came to me, I said, we well, learned to play that. And I said to him, I don't know. He said, come on by the house. I better shut up. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs>